Shalom Lachem Rabbi I hope that everyone is doing well, enjoying their summer vacation. Before we share a few words of Divei Torah, I just wanted to mention that Be'ezus Hashem, this Monday night, um, really t- early Tuesday morning, August 15th, I hope to be traveling to the States and to be there until the following Thursday afternoon, flying back to Israel from Miami, hopefully starting off in Lakewood, the tri-state area, Monday to make our way to Baltimore, Tuesday back to Lakewood, and then Wednesday to Miami, and traveling back to <clears throat> Eretz Yisrael. We hear Mr. Shem together with Rabbi Slavin, Rabbi Yisrael after, Rabbi Friedman, and we hope to be able to get a chance to connect with everybody. I don't have a telephone number yet, as I uh, usually take a telephone from the Tamach, uh, but I will let Shem have a telephone on there. If anyone wants to try to reach me before they know my number, so they can reach me on my email, mmygoldman at gmail.com. Again, mmygoldman, G-O-L-D-M-A-N, at gmail.com. Okay, moving on and say for Dvorim. Parashat begins with telling us about the difference between bracha and klala. We'll see now, before I should talk about what that Russian of Re'eh is, you'll see now that I will present in front of you the today the idea of Bracha Vaklala. The Bracha that you will listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem, that I'm commanding you today, that the bracha is that you will listen to me. Ha-klala, the curse, the klala will be in like Hashem Seemingly, as a result, for not listening to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, then that will bring klala. And you turn away from the from the path that I'm commanding you today. To follow after other gods, I shall you that you don't know of, and, and then that will bring the person to klala. So there's a difference in the lashon between bracha and klala. A bracha, it says the bracha shetishmu al mitzvah Hashem, the bracha that you will listen to the words of Hashem, and by klala it says the the curse, the klala that will happen to you if you don't listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem. Seemingly, it should have said by bracha the same lashon. It's a bracha im tishmu. When will you have bracha if you listen to the tzivah Hashem? And why does the Torah say as a bracha? Excuse me, as a bracha asher tishmu. The brachas that you that you will listen to, right? Seemingly, just like the klal accounts when a person does does not listen to the tzivah Hashem, so to the bracha should be when a person does listen to the tzivah Hashem. Why does it say that you will listen? So this question was asked by the Merle Diskin, and he answers the aside. The Mishnah Avis tells us, Just a moment of serenity, of of Elam Haba, of the of the the Karas Ruach that we have in Elam Haba, is much greater than anything that we have in this physical world. Now. You know, the Dilda Magid explains this idea with a little bit of a muscle, right? That a person is not meant to get caught up in the things that we have inside this world. He gives a muscle, he gives a muscle to a, to a king that's driving on his uh, big chariot, 
and he comes to the city center and he notices on the side of the city center a young a young man uh you know looking very 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 uh you know with clothing that was all torn showing extreme poverty and he starts to talk to him and he starts to see that he seems like a very intelligent very charismatic person so he starts to you know you know start a conversation with him and he asks him tell me you know where's your house he says i don't have a house where do you live he says what do you mean i live in the street you know, where do you sleep at night? He goes, I have plenty of places to sleep. You don't see the benches over here? What do you eat? There's plenty of garbage cans over here that I, I, I have, I'm able to feed myself fine. Where do you have clothing from? I, uh, I don't, I just put some schmatis together. I don't, I don't need clothing. And he started to talk to the king and he, the king was so impressed with him. He said, you know what? Come on to my chair. And he takes him and he brings him into the, into, he says, from now on, you're going to live inside my, my palace and my castle, my palace, and you're going to be there and I'm going to take care of you. You're going to be, you know, taken care of by my, my, you know, my, my kingdom. And he gets, you know, he gets taken care of and his life starts to change. He starts to be able to, you know, uh, groom himself and be in a much better situation. When they got there, after a little while, the, the king, which came there and gave him everything and built him up, came there. He said, "You know, I'll tell you. I have an only daughter, and she's tr- she's a tremendous. She's really tremendous. She's really a wonderful girl. And I'm looking for a proper husband for her. And I really, really feel that you're you're the one that's appropriate for her. You know, to, to take her hand in marriage. Um, you know, would you think of the idea of taking my daughter? So all of a sudden, this this young man turns to the king and says, one second, you know." It is a possibility, but I have to first hear what's the agreements. I have to hear what type of dunya, what type of dowry I'm going to get. Let me hear what I'm getting, and then I'll decide. And the king got so frustrated him and said, I see that I made such a mistake. I'm, you know, I, I didn't realize how foolish you were. You don't understand. I took you in from the street. You had nothing and gave you everything here and built you up. And now you're worried about what? It is that I'm going to give you in order to give over to my daughter. Isn't it obvious to you that that I've taken care of you and the things coming here and you're so caught up with things here that that now you're going to start making deals with me? How to be able to do that? So the Dudamagat says, the Klayasol came out of Mitzrayim, a broken nation. They were were slaves and they were put into all types of things that that, that humiliated them. And Akash took them out of Mitzrayim and made them into an Amsegula, right? His chosen nation. And at that point, a person is, is realizes the connection rates to Hashem. So that's not the place for a person to start asking HaKadosh Baruch for schar and for reward for the things that he's doing. So seemingly, the reward and the bracha that we get is something that's not supposed to be something we're asking for, because when we realize the cash that we have with HaKadosh Baruch and how he takes care of us, then that's not something we're meant to get caught up with and to be able to, to, to worry about. The big question is, but if you look at the Psukim and the Torah, what it tells you about when you're in the mitzvahs, like last week in Shema, right? The Vesati Esav Vesatcha, right? The Vesafta Duanecha, Vachata Vesavata, you're going to be, you're going to have plenty of food and you're going to be satisfied, Vrech Vivitnecha, Vyad Vesecha, and you're, 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 you know, you'll be able to have your children, you'll be able to have children, and your land will be, will be fruitful. There won't be any barren women, and the, and the, and the behemoths will multiply. 
you're going to have crops that are going to be coming out. You're going to have bread, you know, to to, to satiate you. So here the pasuk go on and on and on about all different types of things, telling us how you're going to have so much plenty. There's a little bit of a misunderstanding, something that's not understood here. Is it something that's supposed to be good for us? On the one hand, telling you the Dulnag is bringing a mashal to tell us that Hashem doesn't want us. It's Yafa, Yafa. The bit of Al-Mabah that we have is so much greater than anything we have inside this world. So we're not supposed to be asking Tzachar and taking the things from this world. And at the same time, it sounds like that's Haftachas, that Kosh Baruch is giving us to give us so many things. So how does that work in, you know, how does that work, you know, uh, both each thing work in harmony together? So Lim Nagat gives another mushal that answers the question. He gives a mushal and there was once a merchant that was, that, you know, that was traveling, a well wealthy businessman. That was traveling and he went to a, you know, to a, uh, you know, to build, to buy goods. And he bought all different types of, of silk. <clears throat> he went to the marketplace and he bought all different types of silk, um, that he was going to be able to sell and make a lot of money. Big businessman. And he needed to be able to take his, uh, you know, the rolls of silk that he had to bring it back with him to his city. So he hired a wagon driver to take him. When he hired the wagon driver, so he notices that the wagon driver is about to put the silk in the back of the of the back wagon, and he notices in the back of the wagon there's two big pots. So the businessman turns to the to the wagon driver and says, "What are these pots over here?" He says, "What do you mean? You know, one's a, a pot with food that my wife made for me, and one's a pot with silk." So he said to him, you know, you know, why are you putting them inside the wagon for? Why don't you just leave them, you know, at, at home? You know, I, I, I need the, I need this place to put my, my uh, silk over here. And if we're going to leave it in the back with your, with your soup pot here and your, and your, and your stew over here, it's going to get all over my, my, my silk and it's going to ruin the silk. It's not good for me. So the wagon driver turns to him and says, let me explain something to you. It's a long trip that we have now to return to, you know, to bring you back with your, with your um, silk to where you have to go. You know, we're going to travel for many days. You're a wealthy businessman. You have a lot of money. I mean, you get hungry on the way. You're going to stop me, and you're going to come into the into a hotel, into a restaurant. You're going to, you know, eat to your heart's desire, and we're going to go onwards. But I'm a poor man. I don't have money to spend inside a hotel. I don't have anything here. So when I'm hungry, I don't have what to eat. I don't have anything here. So my wife... She does a tremendous chesed for me. And she prepares for me two pots over here for me to keep inside this wagon over here. And every once in a while, when I feel a little bit hungry, I go outside, I take some of the food that she prepared, some of the soup that she prepared into a pot. And that way it, it, um, it keeps me, you know, satiated. It keeps me caught. So the merchant said to me, you know what? I feel very bad to tell you this, but I'll make a deal with you. I'm too worried about my silk over here. It's going to get ruined. Do me a favor. Take your pots and bring them back home to your house. Give it back to your wife and to your family. Let them eat food over there. And we're going to go traveling. And I, and I make, I promise you, anytime that you're hungry or we get hungry, we're going to go in together into a restaurant or a hotel, wherever it is, and I'll, we'll, we'll buy food and you'll be able to have everything you need. But please don't take these two pots over here. It's going to ruin my silk. So they went on the way. And then after a number of, of hours when they're traveling, Sure enough, they started to feel hungry. 
So they stopped the wagon and they went into an inn that they found on the side of the road. And uh, they ate. They ate a full meal. And this uh, wagon driver ate like he never did before. He had all suda and, you know, uh, that, you know, filled him up. And, uh, you know, he realized it's going to cost a lot of money. At the end of the meal, when the, when the, merch, when the uh, businessman goes to pay for the bill and gets the bill from the, from the restaurant, so all of a sudden the wagon driver started to get very, very nervous. He started to think to himself, oh, no, what did I do? When the when the when the businessman sees that I went ahead and ate this meal, he's going to see how much it is, and I'm afraid he's going to deduct for my wagon for the service that I'm giving him for driving my wagon for him. He's going to deduct that from the fear and say, "Well, yeah, I paid you for this this amount of money by giving you this meal over here." So he got very nervous. So the businessman right caught on what the wagon driver was nervous about. So he turns to him and says, just relax. I, I paid for your food, and, you know, it, it, it was worth it for me to pay for your food because now my, my the silk is in, safe, in a safe situation. It's being taken care of. And that's really what I want. I want the silk to be taken care of. So, you know, you eat to your heart's desire. I'm going to pay for it. And don't worry about it. It's not going to take anything off of your, of your <clears throat> you know, what you're supposed to get for driving the wagon. That's an independent thing. The fact that you're driving the wagon is one thing. Right now, in order for, for this to be done properly, that you can bring my silk to where it has to be in a way that it's not going to get ruined, so I'm going to take care of you for that, and don't worry about it. Explains the Maril Biskin. The Maggot really comes to explain the idea over here, but it's really an idea which is built in the Rambam, and the Maril Biskin is going to really take that into the Pasuk that we talked about before. All the things that we find in the Torah of having wealth and having plenty of food and having grain and, and, and everything being fruitful, all these things are just a, are not really schar for doing the mitzvah. They're not a, 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 an exchange for the mitzvahs that we do. The schar for the mitzvahs that we do, that's something that we get in Elam Haba. That's the kairos rach that we get in Elam Haba. For everything that we do, the schar that we do for the mitzvah. So what are all these brachas? What are all these things that we wind up being given over here? If a person is not going to be able to be free because he has to worry about his parnasa and worry about all the things he has to take care of, and he's going to be running around the whole time taking care of all the types of things, how is he going to be able to do the Ratzon Hashem? How is he going to be able to take care of the Ratzon Hashem? Just like that silk had to be taken care of, how is he going to take care of the Ratzon Hashem? So Hashem says, don't worry, I'm going to give you bracha. I'm going to take care of you. In order for you to be able to be free, to be able to fulfill the Ratzon Hashem, and therefore, that's pshat in the pasuk that we're listening to When it says, right, the bracha that you will hear, not that in tishmu, it's not a, the bracha is not a reward for listening to Hashem. The bracha is asher tishmu, is in order for you to be able to listen to Hashem. The only way you can listen to Hashem, if you're going to have this bracha, which takes you away from the distractions, and therefore when a person has that bracha, then he can come to the asher tishmu to be able to listen. Now, how does a person come to a point where he can really be satiated? And he's happy with what he has. And he realizes he's Sameh Bechot, right? And a person feels that Ashira. So each person on his Madrega, and the person grows with that to be able to come to a point where he can see that Ashira's. But when a person has that bracha, which Hashem gives us, and that makes us available to be able to be a serve Hashem. What do we learn from this? We learn from this, first of all, the Chesed of And the fact that we're skipping this Torah, 
and, and his mitzvahs, that's a separate cheshbon that we will deal with in Elam Hapa. But the cheshbon understands and he wants us to be able to be free, to be able to do the mitzvahs that we have to do. But that, but <coughs> and that's why that we get the different brachas and we get the things that are there. But that's as long as the person doesn't get caught up in the brachas and doesn't get caught up in making an asif, making the whole business out of the brachas. And the thing that he gets as, as, as a, as a, as a, as a bracha, all the plenty and all the, all the shefa that he gets from the Kodesh If he uses it in a way where he, where he directs it towards the Salayus Hashem, then that's the purpose of what it's there for. And as Hashem, we should all have plenty. We should all have everything that we need. And with that being able to leave us free to be able to be and do the, our, our purpose in this world, which is to accomplish and build our Kesha stronger, stronger and stronger and stronger like Kodesh Bokhu, by fulfilling his, his Torah and Mitzvahs, and Benachas, HaKadosh Baruch and to the whole Bay Yisrael. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos and Kol Tov, and Mitzvah Shem, we're looking forward to being in touch and seeing everybody next week. Kol Tov.